Thank you for purchasing this audio product. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We believe that your faith will increase and your life changed by applying the principles in this teaching. I want to speak to you and um, I want you really to be open in your spirit regarding what I want to share with you. God spoke to me to speak about the remnant uh, the remnant's anointing, the remnant's giftings, and we're going to take you the sun, uh, in the Sunday evenings on a journey. I believe God's going to birth something supernaturally from this, and that your life is going to start increasing. Remember, I'm here to activate you and train you in the supernatural, so you must understand the anointing. You must understand the giftings. There will be nights that I will preach. Tonight, I'm going to teach I really want you to, to get what I want to say and that you can start having revelation about this. So get your Bibles out, your notepads, iPads, phones, whatever, and make some notes about the gifts of the remnant, the remnant's gifts, which comes from the Holy Spirit. Amen? Now, I think the most frequently asked question concerning the Holy Spirit is this. Do all believers have a gift? And the answer is simply this, yes. Every believer has been given a specific gift to bless the body of Christ. And so I want to take you on this journey as the remnant to understand the giftings of the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is to edify us. That's where we need to understand that the gift is not there to bring judgment, condemnation, to take people out. The gift is there to edify and build up the church. Say this with me. The gift of the Holy Spirit is there to edify and to build up the local church. So God has given the gifts to help us grow the church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 7, it says, But the manifestation, yeah, all right, let's try that again. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 7. I was a bit in a hurry there. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The second purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is to glorify Jesus. That's the purpose of that, to glorify Jesus. And thirdly, is to evangelize effectively. Now what I want you to do is to go with me on this journey. And I want to focus on the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if you can go with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we'll be reading from verse number 8 up to verse uh, 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 8 to verse number 11. <clears throat> For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another one the gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another one the working of miracles. To another, and to another one, to another, come on, to another one, Thanks. all right. I want to focus, or let's just read verse 11, but one and the same spirit 
works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Go to verse number 8 again for me, please. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and another one the word of knowledge. I want to focus on those two gifts tonight and speak to you on what I believe the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge is. Firstly, what you need to understand is that gifts are not medals. You don't work for a gift and then get a medal. The gift comes to, the, to you by the Holy Spirit, given by the same Spirit. It doesn't come because you prayed much, now you have the gift of faith. Because you were good this week, you can have the gifts of healings. It's not medals, it's gifts freely given to us. And therefore, we have to understand how the gifts operate. If I can make it simple, they are tools. I should have asked Renee to get me some tools tonight. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are tools to get the job done. That's all the gifts are. It's tools to get the job done for different problems. Like a hammer solves a specific problem. Right? Piece of or pliers, they produce or solve certain problems. Um, a screwdriver solves certain problems. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the tools to get the job done. I am not using a hammer when I should, or when God wants to use a, a hacksaw. It's the wrong tool to use. So this is what I've learned through all the years of ministry. The morning when I report for duty as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you all are ministers of the gospel, and I go into my prayer closet and pray, Lord, bless me today. What do you want me to do today? God gives me the tools to get the job done for the day. Whether it is for healings, deliverance, for Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, whatever God wants me to do that day, He gives me the right tools for that day. And the same with each one of you here. If you go and pray in the morning, God will give you the right gifts, tools, that He wants you to use in that day. And that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. He'll give us the right tools to get the job done in that specific day. All you need to do is ask the Lord. Now, the secret is to be connected to the power or to the power source. I am not the power source. I'm not walking around as ESCOM tonight. I am just connected to the power source, which is the Holy Spirit. Each one of you are connected to the power source, which is the Holy Spirit. All right? You are not the source. And I think there's where a lot of people get it all confusing is that we think we're so awesome. And we have all the power. Yes, God has given us all the power and authority in the name of Jesus with the Holy Spirit. I don't have all that stuff. It belongs to Him. As long as I'm connected to Him, I'll have the power of the Holy Ghost. I'll work in all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. You can work in any gift of the Holy Spirit. Any gift. It's not for the fivefold. If you have the Holy Spirit, it's for everyone in this place. From the front, there on top of the gallery, whatever gift you desire, whatever gift God wants to give you for that day, He'll give it to you if you ask Him and if you are connected to the power source. So I'm connected to the power source. 
Now, let me give you the first one, the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom, the definition of the word of wisdom is simply this. It's a supernatural application of God's word. So the word of wisdom means the supernatural application of God's word. It's the application of it. It's how it works. It's how it functions. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 31, it says, But earnest, earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet I show you a more excellent way. You must have a desire for the gifts. If you don't have a desire remnant, it's not going to function. What is the remnant? Let me maybe just backtrack a little bit. The remnant are the chosen people. That's what the word remnant means. Chosen, selected, residue, survivor, supernatural breed. Many are called, fewer remnants, ten virgins, only five made it. The whole world was established. Then God said, I'm going to call a remnant, which is Noah and his eight children. Remnant. They survived. They made it. And so this remnant has a gift. And I want to encourage you tonight is start desiring the gifts. That's why I'm preaching this because I want you to get a hunger for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You need to have the right tools to get the job done. And so the word of God must be within us. The word of wisdom, number one, is the supernatural application of the word of God. You cannot have the word of wisdom if you don't have the word in you. You must have the word of God in you. In Matthew chapter 4, you can go and read in verse number 3 uh, up to verse number 7. He says, look at this. I'm going to show you the word of wisdom. Now when the temper came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against any stone. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now, I want to show you this, how Jesus, he was anointed, Luke chapter 4, verse 18, speaks about that, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him because he has anointed us to preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, we know the whole thing. I want you to see that Jesus operated in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The first gift he operated that he had to demonstrate was the gift of the word of wisdom, which is the application of the word of God. When the devil came to him, the devil quoted the scripture right, but Jesus, full of the word, could go against it and say, but you're quoting it out of context. The word of wisdom is supernatural application, quotation at the right time. The wisdom of the word. How many people do you know that uses scriptures of tithing out of context? Totally out of context. They have no word of wisdom on here Jesus comes and he says, I'm going to operate in the word of wisdom. I'm going to show the devil the right context of the word of God. Matthew chapter 12, 22, excuse me. Verse number 15. 
Then the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might entangle him in his, in his talk. They're trying now to get him into a trap. And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God in truth. Nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the person of man. Tell us. Here comes the trick. Therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived, word of wisdom, their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, whose image is in, is, excuse me, whose image and inscription is in this? They said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, render therefore Caesar to the things that are of Caesar's, and to God the things that are, are God's. Word of wisdom. Supernatural application of the word brings forth word of wisdom. I remember spoke, uh, I spoke to Bill Vies last week, uh, sitting around the table, and I was so encouraged just to speak to him because he explained how he has to get the Word of God in him. He quotes 500 scriptures in the morning and 500 at night. So I said, well, that's incredible. He says, I feel so backslidden. <laughs> he says, there's one, one, one the, the mentor that I'm following, he quotes 15,000 scriptures a day. I said, why do you do that? He says, because everywhere I go, people ask questions and try to put me in, in situations that I can answer wrong or, or misuse the word of God. He speaks in front of universities. He says, he spoke now in front of universities, one and a half thousand people. They invited him to come and speak about the life year after. But he's not allowed to use the name of Jesus. He's not allowed to use heaven or hell words. He must just speak. That needs wisdom. And then they said, it's only going to be a Q&A. You don't speak, we'll ask the questions. How many of you know, if you're not full of word and wisdom, you're going to mess up somewhere. So the first woman that stood up says, I'm a lesbian. And why do you condemn me, you Christians? And Why do you say I'm going to hell? And he, and he just prayed. And he says, tell me this. And he says, uh, he, drew, he drew her to the place of, do you believe that Jesus Christ saves people? And she said this, yes and no. And she goes the whole time up and down. Then he simply just said this. He says, do you believe in Jesus? She said, no. And he said this, that is what's sending you to hell. Not what you do. The fact that you reject him. So do you understand? Wisdom. Or we could have gone, Yama Yemudrachkum. We don't because we don't have words, so we just Yemudrachkum. The word of God must be alive in us. How many scriptures are you quoting and confessing every day to get into the word of God? Because the this gift, the word of knowledge, oh, the word of wisdom, this gift is needed. In the operation of all other nine gifts. Not, uh, not any other gift can work effectively without the word of knowledge, a uh, word of wisdom. Cannot. 
when we use this, we will see the glory of God coming and the word of God being manifested in the lives of people. Now, let me take you to the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge, number two. The word of knowledge. Let me give you the definition of that. Just put it on for me, please. The word of knowledge is to be specific. It's specific information concerning a need. It's specific information regarding or concerning a need someone has. I remember I said with one of my friends, a billionaire, and I'm not using the names now, just a billionaire, and he, did, he didn't know what to do. He had contracts for two, two years, two and a half years that were outstanding, and he didn't know how to handle them, how to bring it in. The word of knowledge came. So now we're leaving the word of wisdom, which is the word. Now we're going to the word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is you have specific solutions or instructions concerning matters. You know what to do. You just understand how to do this. And this gift comes by prayer, comes by understanding, and you develop this gift. And I was sitting there in his boardroom, and I, he explained to me everything, and there are people around, and I said to the Holy Spirit, show me what to do. What can I do? And because I felt intimidated with lawyers and, and, and directors sitting there and in this massive office block, and I didn't know what to do, and the Holy Spirit started giving me instructions. By the end of lunch, um, four out of the six contracts were signed and monies were paid in. That is the word of, wisdom, uh, word of knowledge that you operate in. So let me take you on this. John chapter 4. Are you still getting something? John chapter 4, verse number 13 to verse number 26. I want to read you a couple of verses there. Let me show you how the word of knowledge operated in the life of Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will, have, will never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, look at this, call your husband and come here. This woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, Now here it comes, word of knowledge. Yeah, you're right. You have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And number six, who's laying in your bed, is also not your husband. And the one you have now, look at that six, is not your husband, and that you spoke truly. The woman said to her, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews said that this is Jerusalem in the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to a woman, believe me. The hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in what? Spirit and in truth. Jesus immediately operated in the word of knowledge. I'm going to give you a specific instruction, specific assignment for your need. That is the word of knowledge. 
I remember, and, and the security teams can listen to this as well. This was interesting. My dad, he had a, prayed for people um, in, in, in his church. And he called people out who need deliverance. And they all stood in the front. And he laid hands upon everyone. And he missed, or he walked past the one guy, started praying for the other ones, came back. They brought the next row in, prayed for everyone. This guy still stood there, walked past him, prayed for the others. They all prayed, third row came in, last row, prayed for everyone, skipped this guy again, finished to the end. And when everybody was prayed for, this man fell on his knees and repented before God. And this is what he said. And he took out a dagger out of his pocket, a knife. And he says, I was trained, I was sent here by the satanic movement to kill you. We have planned that when you will do this, Lay your hands on me. I will take the dagger and put it right into your heart and you'll bleed to death in a couple of minutes. But the word of knowledge kept my dad for not laying his hands on this man. Just keep on moving around. How are you moving in the spirit? How are we demonstrating the word of knowledge? Are you with me here? Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 10. Verse number 21, 20, up to 23. 1 Samuel chapter 10. Verse number 21 to verse number 23. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I want to read you this. When he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, the family of Matri was chosen. And Saul the son of Kish was chosen. Remnant, right? But when they sought him, they could not find him, could not be found. Therefore, were of knowledge, they inquired of the Lord. Has this man come up here yet? And the Lord answered, there he is, hidden amongst the equipment. <laughs> you can't hide from God. He knows where you're hiding. They couldn't find him, nowhere. And then they go to the Lord and say, Lord, where's this guy? And the Lord said, there he is, hiding amongst the equipment. I want to bring you to the word of knowledge on God can bring through a word of knowledge, through a word of knowledge, he can illuminate where people are hiding and people are, uh, that are missing, for instance, can be found. Let me give you two things. I was in the South African police force in the satanic... Um, Division with Kubus Jonker. I don't know if you remember many years ago. I first became a normal policeman, being a detective, doing fingerprints. That was my job. That's what I had to do, catch all the people with fingerprints. <sighs> How crazy is that? They would climb through windows and, and, and steal the stuff, and they would say stuff like, I didn't do that. They had gloves on. We couldn't find no fingerprints. And then all I would do, I th when I look back, I think it's word of knowledge. I would say, do you want some water? Yeah. I would give him the glass of water. He would drink it. And then I'd say, thank you so much. I will give it to you. Just go and take the fingerprints of that thing there. Then let's show me how, show me how you, what did you touch? And he, no, I think I, I took that thing without gloves. And that's how we caught the people. It's easy. Word of knowledge. Now I see it was probably... Word of knowledge, I don't know. 
But then I went into this into the into the division where they just started the uh, discovering of satanic worshippers because they killed a lot of children back then. Talking about 1991, round right about there, and um, so I was involved there. You don't know where they hide. You don't know where they're going to sacrifice children. You don't know at which cemetery they're coming together. You don't know nothing. You don't have any leads. We've just started this division. But I remember I was a prayer warrior. I prayed every morning from 5 to 7 with Pastor Harold Weitz in his um, the clinic, the, the, the prayer center. 5 to 7, 2 hours every day of my life. And I believe through that, through prayer, I was connected to the spirit of wisdom, the word of knowledge. And we would go every night. We would get these guys, find them in school, in schools. On the rugby field, find them in drains, find them in cemeteries. Rudaburg Cemetery, we would go in there and find them exactly where they are, busy laying with a little baby on top of an altar, trying to kill this child. We would stop all those things in minutes. Word of knowledge operating. And it operates in my normal life. Day of, just a normal day for me is to operate in that. Uh, we were with my, my granny, my granny passed away, and uh, I, we, my mom, she had a child uh, after me. So I'm the eldest, and then there was another child, of, a son after us, his name was Samuel. He was born, he was born dead, right? Stillborn. So my mom carried him for nine months, and at birth he died. So my dad still did the funeral with this white coffin. He walked in with the coffin, and they did the funeral, and then they buried him. That was now 45 years ago, 45 years ago, around about there, that my mom never went back to the, the uh, tombstone, to the graveyard, right? Never went back. My granny dies, we do the funeral, and she is buried in the same cemetery. Now, a year ago, there are thousands of tombstones. I said to my mom, I said, do you want to go and see your son? And she became emotional. She says, do you think we'll find him? I said, I'm sure we'll find him. Nikki was there, Michal, mom. And I just started praying in the Holy Ghost. Lord, lead me to that tombstone. I don't know where in the world is that child. But I'm telling you, everybody's looking, asking the People working there, can they still look at the child? I walked straight to that tombstone. I called my mom. I said, Mom, come here. She comes here. I said, here's your son. And she, she grabbed the hold of that little tombstone and she cried. She says, Macyon, Macyon. Word of knowledge. Just operating in the daily life. I would read contracts and get the word of knowledge. I would sit with architects designers, sound engineers, they've studied for years about this. But a word of knowledge comes and says, but that's out, that's wrong. Do it like this, design it like that. Maybe if you do this, that will help there. And we save millions of rands just because of the word of knowledge operating in a person's life. So here Samuel saw hiding, and God knows where he's hiding, and he, they found him. I heard this testimony, and I hope I'm, I'm saying this correctly. About a family that lost a child. The child was kidnapped at the age of 16. Kidnapped. 23 years ago. 
child is gone for 23 years. They had the funeral and they told the family she's dead. They haven't found the body, but she's dead. She, she may have committed suicide uh, or drowned or whatever, but we have not found the body. So you must make peace with the fact that she's dead. The mom said, I perceive in my spirit that child's not dead. And they said, you emotional. Everybody goes through that. It's trauma. 23 years later. They worship in a church. And in a prayer, in a prayer group, she said this. She says, I believe my child is still alive. And one intercessor stood up and says, if that is so, then we will stand upon 1 Samuel chapter 10. And ask the Lord where your child is. 23 years ago, kidnapped. 23 years later, in a prayer center, praying. As they prayed, the intercessor, one of the ladies says, I see a house. This is how the house looks like. It's in this city. I see there's a, there's a garage. A garage. But on top of the garage is another room. And I see your child's in that room. And I see the area. There's a lake, water. And she describes the whole thing. After that prayer session, they went to the pastor, Pastor Kenneth E. Hagen, and said to him, you better shut down this intercession group. These people are crazy. They're seeing stuff and they're bringing hope, false hope to people. And he said, well, I'm not going to address that matter because I don't even know if the child's alive or not. So let's trust God. Oh, and the intercessor said, and in 30 days from now, the father will receive a letter from that child. So 30 days later, the dad goes to the post office, as he does every day, takes out the post, put it in his pocket. He didn't count the days because he would go every day. They got home the evening. And the daughter said to the dad, Hey, dad, did you go to the post office today? He says, yeah. The letter's over there. She took the letter, opened it up, and she goes, <gasps> A letter from her sister addressed to the mom and the dad and said the following. says, I want to read it to you correctly. It says here, If you reply to this letter, I will come and visit you. If you don't reply... I will presume, assume that you have passed on 23 years later. So this is what happened. This is the whole story. This woman testified what happened. She had a child. She had two children with this man that kept her into that, in that prison or whatever cage for 23 years. She had two uh, children from him, one 17-year-old son and a 14-year-old girl. What happened was she had so much information against this man that he would go to the electric chair. So he said, no way, I'm not going there. Every day he would tie her with change around a pillar and she will stay in there until he comes back from work. No way coming in. No, she can't go in or out. Had sex with her, got two kids. And then one day this young boy, 17 years old, he's now playing rugby, football. And his father said to him, you better shut up and you better do this. Oh, this is what happened. He says, I'm going to go to the church. He says, you'll never go to it. I refuse that you'll go. And he took out a gun. He says, if you go, I'll shoot you. And the 17-year-old boy 
took the gun away, hit his father and said, don't you ever speak to me like that. And all of a sudden the father got like anxious now because the son is bigger than him. <laughs> Things are happening. And the son went to church. Started hearing the word of the Lord. Started seeing what's going on. Exposing the whole thing. And the son plus his mom and the little girl walked into Ramah in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Gave their hearts to the Lord. Surrendered their lives to Jesus. Served the Lord up till today because of a word of knowledge through an intercessor. That picked up that child's not dead. Somewhere found this child. Acts chapter 9. I'm going to close with this. Hallelujah. Don't get quiet on me. Let me see if I've done everything I wanted to do here for tonight. How many of you are on the word of wisdom? How many of you are on the word of knowledge? I mean, the word of knowledge, we've seen it so many times, is that even the kids, when they were in school, they tried to hide stuff, and mom would say, hey, where were you today? That time, what did you do? <laughs> right, word of knowledge, operating the whole time. Let me read you Acts chapter 9, verse number 10. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and he said to the, and the, to, excuse me, let's go back. Let me re read that again. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight. It, it might as well just be, go to Brabant Street. You understand? I mean, those years the streets were just normal names. Now, he could have said, Go to Nelson Mandela Drive. Number 330, you'll find somebody there. Look how the word of knowledge operates. And inquire of the house of Judas. For one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, and so that he might receive sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all who call your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine, chosen vessel, a remnant, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, I'm just going to stop there. Here's the word of knowledge. God is speaking to Ananias and he says, Go to Saul, who's the biggest terrorist, killing people like a Hitler. Go to him. He can't see because he had an encounter with God two days ago. And go and pray for him that he might receive his sight. But he's living in that street, in that house. And go and pray for him. He's waiting for you. That is the word of knowledge. I personally think we can have a lot of issues resolved in our lives if we can operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit comes to do the job. If I don't need the gifts of healing for tonight, it's not flowing. It's not what God wants to do. If God wants to bring deliverance, he'll bring me the word of 
of, or rather, you'll bring the discernment of spirits for me. A lot of times we try to cast out demons, which is not even demons. It's just stupid uh, decisions we make, and we think it's the devil. You smell a devil. You know a devil. You know where he is. The sermon of spirits. So we are, I'm going to teach you on these things. I believe God wants to bring an impartation tonight of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom to your life. How many of you would like to receive that tonight? So let us stand. Now, how do I get it? The word of wisdom, I need to get in the word. But how I connect to the source is through prayer. That's how it works. And the word of knowledge. Any businessman in this church or that's listening tonight can operate, must operate in the word of knowledge every day. Lord, send me like you send Ananias to that street. Send me to that right company. Send me to sign that deal. Send me to the right person. Businessmen don't operate in this. They just think it's normal. No, you must be conscious and say, God, I want the gifts of the word of knowledge. So businessmen, that's what you pray for. Every Christian in this place, you must pray for that. Give me the word of knowledge that I may understand what you want concerning a specific need in my life. Remember this. I want to help you this with this. The gifts is only for the edification of the church. It's not to judge people, condemn people, whatever. It's to bring, if you don't edify and you feel you are Holy Ghost Junior to expose everything, you are in the wrong track. You can go very easily into the spirit of divination. Stay with the fear of God. The anointing of the Holy Ghost. Separate your emotions. Separate your mind. Be in the spirit. Flow in the spirit. And the Lord will start working with you with the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. So the word of knowledge for me operates in the majority of the times in my life in a service. The majority of times. God will speak to me and say, that person needs prayer. That guy needs a miracle. That one's got cancer. That one's got pain. Whatever. It's the word of knowledge flowing the whole time. You'll hear me a lot of times say, God is healing somebody who's got arthritis. My eyes are closed now. It's the word of knowledge flowing. It's not healing. So I haven't prayed for anybody. I'm flowing in the word of knowledge. God is healing arthritis. God is healing tumors. God is touching marriages. God is doing something. Whatever he's saying, I'm flowing into. For more information on products, please visit our website or send us an email. All the details are on the back of the product pack.